Welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you live from LC's. Thanks to everybody for coming on out. Our next live show, October 11th, the day before the home opener against the Florida Panthers. We call that the Russo Cup. Um, very you excited about to cover that. the Panthers. Yeah, I did. I, I'm very excited. And then we go right into game two in Toronto, uh, where we'll see Brock Faber versus Matty Nyes. That'll be really fun. Uh, it was pretty cool seeing Brock on the ice. We'll talk about the first day of wild training camp. Um, as always, again, thanks to all the uh, Tuttle's restaurants for hosting us. Two for one grain belts tonight. If you come, and again, October 11th is our next live show. Thanks, by the way, to the Minnesota Mullets, who somehow decided to come over here the night before their home opener against the, against the Minnesota Squatch. I just looked that up. So thanks, everybody. Good luck to you this season. Um, in the, uh, in the, Bruce Boudreau owns the Minnesota Blue Ox, so, uh, so uh, it's pretty cool, the USPHL and all the teams here in the Twin Cities and throughout Minnesota. Um, Anthony, uh, first day of camp today, uh, always really interesting. Today, they have a lot of players down there. Uh, this is the, most, the biggest camp that I remember uh, covering. 60 guys split up into three groups. We saw three practices today. First three days of camp, there's under a collective bargaining agreement rule where you can't have them for a long time. So 50-minute practices, we saw them work on some D-zone today, some PK, tomorrow power play. Um, and then they get right at it. Sunday, 8 a.m. flight to uh, Denver for the game group that night uh, to play the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, it always just feels like it's finally real when that first day of camp happens. And it, it was huge. I'm always amazed how fast they start playing games. Yeah. Three days of practice, and That's here crazy. you go. It, I guess it's. And then they're having a full scrimmage Monday. Right. I guess it supports all the things that coaches always tell you that it's not rocket science. When a guy gets traded, we all do the same thing, we all run the same system somehow. Very similar, and but it, you, you can tell guys are even though they've been skating, they're still shaking the rust off of competing at, at full speed. It was fun to watch. It just it just feels cool to be back at the rink and know that now we're actually the season is literally here and we're ready to roll. Let's talk uh, Marco Rossi, and we're gonna have to figure out a way to go back to that pronunciation now. I'm gonna uh, have no problem yeah, doing. Yeah, it. yeah I know. Um, yeah, but you called him Rossi last well, year, right? only on the podcast. Yeah, okay. Oh, right, because he was gone by the time he became right. Rossi. Now he's Rossi again. Right. Um, I didn't really understand his reasoning today. I, I, I always appreciate the Europeans dumbing things down for us Americans. Uh, I understand the reasoning only because I've heard it before. Yeah. So you'll ask these guys how their name is said, and they'll say, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. Yeah. You tell me how you want it to be said, and that's how we'll say it. And his response today was that it's easier for Americans to call me Rossi. Yeah. So after he walked away from the group, I said, okay, but how do you want to be called? And he said, it doesn't matter. I said, well, pick a name, and then we'll go with it. it, it I'm capable of calling you Rossi. It's not, I'm not, like the stupid Americans can't figure it out. We'll figure it out. Just you tell us. But there have been so many guys who, when they got traded, you'd go to the broadcasters and say, all right, now, uh, how do you say this guy's name? And they said, well, when he got here, he said, in the last city, nobody ever said it right, so he just gave up. But yeah. here he'd like to be called this. It is crazy how many times that has happened over the years. So yeah. when today he said he was fine with Rossi, so yeah. it'll be Rossi. Well, even my editor Valley called me today. So, so, so I was writing about uh, Karel Kaprizov's um, translator today. And he calls me up and he's like, he's like, why are you saying that Ilya Kravchuk, who is his translator, is spelled this way, but his dad, former NHL defenseman Igor Kravchuk, was spelled this way? And I said, because when I covered Igor, 
He knew that none of us would be able to spell it the correct way, so he basically dumbed it down for us Americans and made his name K-R-A-V-C-H-U-K, but that is not how you do it. Just so did it, was, it phonetically so, for you? Yeah, so his son is Kravchuk spelled the way that I guess it would be Russian, minus the Russian letters. And so that's the reason why they have two different things there. Remember, it was Zidlicki, Zidlitsky, then Zidlitsky. Um, the one that was crazy was Damon Lankow went like, 15 years in his career as Damon Lankow. And then he gets to, he gets like, to, was it Calgary the last time? He's like, yeah, my name's now Damon Lenko. Like, what? Um, Kim think Janssen was Kim Yunsen, but he always yeah. let everybody call it Janssen. Anyway, we're, I we're off the, the track. One, I think here. I've shared the story before. The, the one that made the least sense to me was the set of brothers who wanted their name pronounced differently. Yeah. The, uh, the Mahalics. Yeah, the One Mahalics. wanted to be Mahalik, one yeah. wanted to be Macaulic. They're brothers. <laughs> yeah. And you'd think maybe they'd pronounce their last name the same yeah. way. but Milan and uh, the guy that played for the Wild, the Zabanek or whatever. Um, so anyway, so back to Rossi. The one thing that I did tell him is I will not be able to figure out a way to roll my R's, so we'll just go that way. Um, but let's get back on track. So I'm doing a big Rossi story tomorrow, and the one thing watching him today is he does look like a different skater. And we talked about this on the last couple of shows, is how do you measure a good camp for him? Because he led the league in points last year in the preseason, but when the lights came on, he showed that he wasn't ready. But if you look at him now, he's 15 pounds heavier, um, and, but his skating stride is very, very different, and that's something that he worked with Andy Ness really, really uh, all summer long. Not only that, but instead of going back to Austria where he's playing with a group of players that obviously are not NHLers, most of them, um, he's, he stayed here all summer, skated with guys like Kirill Kaprizov, Brock Faber, um, you know, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Nick Dowd, Blake Wheeler. You skate with a group like that in a small game, like that, you know, cross-ice games and small area games, and you're just going gonna, gonna to get better just by the virtue of Blake Wheeler standing here but reaching with his stick over there. I mean, he's taking the puck from you. I thought actually what was the most interesting was his answer to the question about staying here for the summer. And he, he said, said this, is my goal. this is my goal. My dream is to be an NHL hockey player. So that made it an easy choice because the choice included not being with his family all summer, missing his sister's wedding. And he just said it was a simple choice because this is my goal. It's my dream. And in order to be that, I knew I needed to be here to work out all summer. Yep. Shout and out I, to the guy wearing a trampled by turtles hat, uh, shirt over there, by the way. Uh, most oh, nice. importantly, Brandon right. and I just were actually at the Trampled Show, which uh, you, you didn't come to. I didn't, but it's great. That was a very worthy statement right on topic of what we're talking about right now. I'm just now. saying, it was right there. Shiny right object, shiny object over yeah. here. I think it's, I thought his skating did look different today, but the real test will be when they start to battle. 100%. And not just in games, but even in practice settings, it'll be interesting to see if his battle level is different. His willingness to battle and his ability to battle, two different things. But everybody has always said they, they would never question his work ethic, and now we'll see if it carries through into performance on He's, the ice. Because he, mm -hmm. he, was he was pointed when he said, I need to produce. i got to produce goals. I've got to produce points. Otherwise, I'm not going to be the kind of player that I want to be. Right. Um, just turning 22, I believe, the day this podcast is coming out uh, tomorrow, um, I believe that's uh, his, his birthday. So he's only 22 years old. And, you know, one interesting part of today's uh, uh, press scrums with all the players that we got was the correlation between him and Erickson Eck. It took a while for Erickson Eck to become Erickson Eck. And, and you know, again, I, I'm scrolling through Twitter here and somebody's, somebody, you know, just typical asshole comment on, the, on Twitter by a guy that just says, like, I don't care how he wants to name pronounce, he's a bust. Like, 
for you at this point to think he's a bust um, after missing a year of hockey and basically averaging a point a game the last two years in the AHL, he needs more time. This will be a big year for him to show that when the lights come on that he is ready. But to sit there and just throw the, you know, throw some, you know, basically cold water on this guy's career at this stage of his career when he's not even 22 yet is just completely absurd. I agree. That's why I don't read those comments. <laughs> you should. It's really fun. It gets, it gets, it gets your blood boiling. Um, so, uh, so Erickson Eck looked great today. Said he's feeling no uh, ill effects from the broken, uh, broken leg that he suffered uh, from the Evgeny Malkin shot last year uh, with three games left in the season. Uh, Zuccarello looked good today, healthy. Felino says he's completely healthy. Goudreau's healthy. The one guy that is not healthy is Ryan Hartman. Uh, Ryan is completely healed from the knee injury that he suffered in the playoffs, but clearly uh, dealing with some sort of upper body today. When they got into contact and battled drills, he left the ice immediately. Yeah, and let's just hope it's not an aggravation of the upper body injury he had early last year that sidelined him for a while. And I don't, all I don't indications think it is, are yeah. that it's yeah. not. And, you know, so who knows what he's dealing with. But we've talked and speculated a number of times on this show about opportunities for some of the other guys. And maybe this is a spot where you get a, an earlier than expected look at Marco Rossi playing with Zuccarello and Kaprizov, even if it's not on a full-time basis, even if it's just in practice drills. And at least you get an idea of whether or not that might be a look that you like while you wait for Hartman to come back to 100%. And this is, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. He left one day's practice early. Right. This might be, might be something very minor that has no chance of impacting opening night. But whether it does or doesn't, when we were wondering about would you get opportunities to see Rossi with these guys, sometimes you can get that idea of whether or not it works even by just looking at it in practice. It doesn't have yeah. to be in a game. I hope that we do see it. Freddie Goudreau was the placeholder today. Um, Erickson X skated with, um, with uh, Johansson and Boldy, which was the unbelievable line after Johansson was picked up last March. And then uh, Rossi played with uh, Felino and uh, Jujar Kara, who, Kara, who was uh, his first day of practice today, which we'll talk about him in a little while, then Maroon with Dewar and uh, Brandon Duhame. Defense pair is just exactly what we thought. Uh, Spurgeon and Middleton to start off, uh, Brodine and Brock Faber, and that was pretty cool hearing Faber, how much he is just excited to play with him today. And then obviously uh, Goligoski and Merrill interchanging with um, Kalen Addison. Um, let's talk about uh, Kirill Kaprizov today. Uh, really fun interview with him today. And, and um, it was one of the first interviews that we've ever had that he, pr he pretty much uh, talked to us uh, in English. Um, you know, Ilya Kravchuk, his uh, translator, pretty much since day one. Again, Igor is his dad. Igor was a client of Paul Kropelka, Kaprizov's agent. That's how they got together. Ilya works here in the Twin Cities, and that's how all that started. Um, but Ilya was there on speakerphone, but barely used. Kirill came out there and made it very clear right away that he was willing to do the uh, thing in English. And what's funny is I was shooting the breeze with Kirill right before he came in there, before he went downstairs. And he originally was going to talk to us just in English, just the writers. But when he found out it was video, he's like, let's wait for Ilya. Then he comes up, and even with all the cameras there, he right away made it very clear he was willing to talk to us in English. And I just think it's another example of his continued maturity and just how his English won his leaps and bounds of what it used to be. Well, he did first ask if you were going to ask simple questions or hard questions. That is true. He did ask <laughs> that. Um, and I always ask simple questions. 
Um, I remember somebody asked me, I was writing an essay for kids book uh, once, and they asked, to, uh, you know, you need to write this in a, in a fifth grade level. And I said, well, that's my level anyway that I pretty much write in. So my questions are usually simple. Um, but he was really, I mean, just, he was so, such in a good mood and such in a great spirits to talk to us. And I just think it just, again, I think it's another example of how he is just so much more comfortable in his own skin right now. Yeah, and he looked like it every time you see him just chatting with the yeah. teammates and on the side of the ice. Mm-hmm. It's, it isn't just when he's in front of the camera. And, yeah. and I think that's a great indication because he's going to become the face of this, if he's not already, the face of the franchise, but for sure one of the leaders inside this room. And in order to do that, you have to be able to communicate. And I think he's made strides that way. You can lead with your play, but at some point you also have to be able to talk to, especially now as you see younger players start to come up and be a part of the NHL version of this organization. So I think it's, it's exciting just to see him feel more comfortable. Yep. Came into camp tan trim and uh, much more blonde than he was at the end of the year, which uh, Felino pointed out. And he spent a lot of time in the sun between Minnesota and South Florida uh, this offseason, didn't go back to Russia did go to Italy for a little while with his family and went to Turkey with his family. Uh, so that's pretty good. It, it, you know, unfortunately, he couldn't go play in uh, Zuccarello's charity game in Norway, the outdoor game that Eriksson Ek was actually his lineman on. They lit it up with Fiala, actually. Um, he couldn't go there because right now uh, Norway is not allowing in Russian citizens because of everything going on in Ukraine. Um, um, uh, but he will, uh, uh, the NHL is making sure that these guys are going to be able to get into Sweden for the games there in November. Um, where do you think this goes with this year with Kaprizov? Because the one thing in watching him today is like you do, you start to wonder if, you know, if he's going to continue to talk, one speak to the cameras in English, if he's going to be such a leader on this team. We all know he's the best player that this team lead that he leads them anywhere. You kind of wonder if if maybe they they say to him, hey, you're you're going to get the A that uh, Matt Dumba was was. Uh, departed. I, I'm starting to think that way. Yeah, I don't know. I still think Erickson Eck makes mm-hmm. too much sense to be that guy. Yeah. He's well, going to be here for a while. It's not like you got a guy on a one or two year deal. He's going to be here a while. He's a guy everybody respects inside the room. I think you go that way. Yeah. I mean, either way, you can't go wrong. Um, I'm starting to change my ways. I thought it was earmarked, you know, for Erickson Eck for a while. And I'm just wondering now if, if they maybe make him a thing. Plus, you got to start to show this guy the love. I mean, you know, you're going to in two years have to start talking about extension and making him feel uh, really wanted. I haven't said yet, by the way, right next to Brandon over there is a uh, headset. Uh, you don't have to be invited. If you have any questions, uh, come on up uh, at any point, um, uh, or I'm going to start talking to Anthony about stakes and stuff. Um, I, I actually, uh, I was thinking to myself, uh, it was funny if, if Mike Babcock looked at your phone, if he said, hey, Anthony, I want to see your pictures, it would just be stakes. Stakes and a couple on a golf course, and probably. A cu- and a couple of like Phil and Stanley. Yeah, He'd probably. be like, this is the most boring phone <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. There yeah. you go. Corey Wong. Awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. My fiance and I have alternate jerseys. That's really cool. Other, of so. Corey Wong jer- jerseys? He has OAR, so he has um, Nathan okay. Dales. Did you get them, like, because of the, like, we were did you game. win them? Yeah, we, we won the raffle. Wow. Or the silent auction, I guess. So. Very cool. This technically is mine, but yeah. he's been wearing the black one. Yeah. That's so. awesome. I, yeah. You know, it's crazy. So, like, I follow Corey Wong now on Instagram after meeting him during that whole weekend and everything. And, one, I mean, it's just ridiculous how talented he is. Oh, but my God. I, when he goes over to Europe, like, they, they, like, he sells out everywhere he plays. Them. That's what it looked like. Yeah. I, I also checked him out online, and I was yeah. just like, oh, damn. Yep, very cool. Um, 
wanted to come up early because you were already talking about it a little bit, but my fiance had a question. Um, what Why are the he odds? Because he, we do trivia at a bar on Thursdays, and he wrote trivia, well, so he had to be there. We can ask him a trivia question if he wants to yeah. show off his knowledge. Anthony, do you want to do Studio Ghibli trivia? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, uh, what are the odds we see Rossi centering for Kaprizov and Zuccarello during the preseason to give Hartman time off to recovery from his offseason Boom, injury? There's your answer. Yeah, we. Tell him to listen to the that. first, yeah, minutes to the first couple minutes yeah. of the show. He wanted me to ask, and he wanted me to make sure that I went up. Right. Yeah, Even though yeah. I said you already covered it, but yeah. he wanted me to ask. Do you have a part two? No. No, but like to <laughs> Anthony's point, like I, I think it would be a good idea. Like yeah. we've talked about this on the show a couple times. Like, like you know, to that I, I was being flippant with the guy that called him a bust. But if this isn't a big year for Marco, or if he starts to show that he can, you know, function at this level, um, if he doesn't. Then you start talking to the team, you start looking at the team and, and scrutinizing their decision to you know draft him or how they've developed him and things like that. So it's very important from their standpoint too to put him in a position where he could produce. And obviously, you're getting more points playing with you know probably Zuccarello and Kaprizov. So I think it's important. Question. Wow, look at that. Tell me, are you buddies with Paul? Or are you uh, okay? <laughs> I just thought you were, it was this was happenstance. So. No. I have the other colors. Yep. So the person that, uh, that's about to ask a question is wearing the hype man's shirt, Let's Go, uh, who happens to be also at the show. So I actually asked this question in June, and we're in the exact same situation, but are we still actually going to go forward with our third pair of defensemen being a combination of three guys that were scratched like 20 games last year and didn't play a minute in the playoffs? It's a good story idea. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really is. It is funny the way that you uh, pose that question because, you know, sometimes you listen to, to them talk and they act like, 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 this, like uh, this isn't a big question coming into the season, but it is. I mean, it's a huge question. And, you know, Kalen Addison is a big year for him. He had to sign the one-year $825,000 contract in large part because they didn't have cap space and didn't have a lot of time, a lot of uh, move to, to move that line. Um, but... You know, as Dean has said, he shows incredible aggressiveness and grit and assertiveness and everything when he's on the power play. He needs to start showing that uh, at five on five and especially in his D zone. And, uh, you know, again, I know it's it's trite at this point to say, but you really got to watch the way that Spurgeon, um, you know, plays that position and the way that, you know, Spurgeon takes care of problems before they become problems. And, you know, when if you're Kalen Addison's size, def despite the fact that you look like a tank today, I mean, he is, and he is down to, I was talking to Matt Harder, their strength coach, he's down to 7% body fat. That's crazy. Um, and, and for, you know, but when you're still that size, it doesn't matter how strong you are from that stature, to move forwards in front of the net, once they get there, you're not moving them. So you got to, your big thing is to keep them away from there to begin with, and that's what Spurgeon does so well. He always has. Yep. And he beats people with his skating and mm -hmm. his smarts. Having some extra strength certainly helps, mm -hmm. but he isn't going to become a big, rugged defenseman. Yeah, no. You're going to have 0% body fat. He's still going to be Jared Spurgeon's size. Right, yep. A leopard doesn't change its spot. That was my point on the whole Babcock thing. Like, you know, you, they knew what they were getting into when I said it on the last week of what they were hiring. You know, you don't just change overnight. Um, any more questions before we continue talking about the, uh, about the upcoming uh, schedule here? 
Um, well, let's talk about the upcoming schedule. So the Wild uh, start off with a couple games at Colorado and Dallas and have the play at home the 28th and the 30th. Uh, you're doing uh, how many games on Dallas? We're doing the last three, and I think we might be getting a feed from Dallas so that I know we did last year. I would assume that's the case. But we've got the game in Chicago and then two home games. Mm-hmm. And the game in Chicago and the last home game are going to be very representative of the lineup. This is not going to be like a normal. A lot of times uh, the Wild have decided, um, even on the road games, if it was the last game, last road game, they don't bring their real lineup. They're bringing their real lineup. I think that we're going to see them the last two games. And that was the one thing that Dean was talking to me about last week when I did that Q&A with him, Anthony, is that he felt like one reason why maybe they weren't, you know, they didn't come out of the gate really strong is that they didn't play a lot of, um, won their lot of their, their lineup in exhibition games, but have enough scrimmages in training camp. You know, their structure was good. They obviously got back on track after a, a real slow start to their season um, where they went, well, it was Boston, Toronto, Montreal, and then Detroit, I think, um, but or Chicago. Um, but they, he just felt like they weren't sort of game ready. So right away Monday, we're going to see a full scrimmage, uh, you know, where they're going to practice the power play for, uh, special teams for 45 minutes and then play a real, like, legit game. Yeah, and I think it's a combination of that last year they started a little slowly, but also just the importance of a fast start. Mm -hmm. You're in a division where you might have the best two teams in the Western Conference with Colorado and Dallas, certainly two cup contenders in those two teams. You just don't want to be chasing throughout the season. And those points in October, sometimes, I don't want to say they get overlooked, but they the importance isn't placed on them like points in April when you're in the heat yeah. of the race, when in reality they're just they're every bit as important. And sometimes if you can just be ready and be ready faster than the other guys, mm -hmm. you can make your life a lot easier the whole season. Can't, yeah, I, was, uh, I cannot remember which player said it in Vegas, but it was a really good point. It's like you can't, you can't miss the playoffs in October and November, but you can certainly make it if you get off to a, a crazy fast start and give yourself a, a cushion, one of Jacques Lemaire's uh, favorite Favorite words. Jujar uh, Kara today, did you get a real good chance? He wasn't playing his natural position. He was playing right wing. Again, and this is why we're kind of thinking that the Hartman thing is not a long-term thing because, you know, he felt like he was a placeholder as well for, for Freddie Goudreau, who was a placeholder on line one. Um, but he played right wing with Rossi and, and Felino, and I thought he got up and down the ice really well. He looked healthy. He's giant. Um, and where he's made his medal in the NHL, and one reason why he's been in the league for six, seven straight years is his penalty killing and playing with you know grit and getting in on the forecheck. He's got to be healthy, though, right? He was yeah. almost decapitated by Truba a couple years ago and then had the lower back issue last year. A great depth addition, though, a guy that for a lot of years, the guys in Edmonton talked about how they thought he had a chance to be a, an impact NHL player. So it's a low-risk, high high ceiling, high reward kind of signing for the Wild. And you never know. I mean, you need some of those kind of guys, too. As we talked a lot, the, the 13th forward, it appeared coming in, was Vinny Letary. Well, what if you want a guy that's more of a penalty killer, fourth-line guy? This guy could be that. Right. And, the other and he thing has that, some ability to skate, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, he hasn't scored a ton at the NHL level, and that's not really look, what they're looking for with him. But as you mentioned, Vinny Letary uh, flies, and he is extremely skilled and uh, can put the puck in the net. He's done at the AHL level for his entire career. Really hasn't had the chance yet at the NHL level to be put in those positions. But I'd love to see him get that chance, like play a little with the puck in the power play and things like that, because he certainly has the skill. And 
we'll see if these guys have a chance to make the team. Um, you know, right away at the beginning of the season, if they're healthy, I could see them keeping 12 forwards and trying to accrue some cap space um, right now. Uh, because if you don't need, a tr- if you know your opening night lineup and you don't need a 13th forward to just sit in the press box eating up cap space, you might as well send them down. The problem is that all these guys, every single one of them that are on the two-way contracts, essentially require waivers, so they're at risk to be taken uh, by other teams. Um, but we'll see. Uh, they needed a league minimum guy because right now they have no ability to put Beckman and Walker on the team unless they make another move. Right, and I think we've talked about that too, that sometimes there's a big benefit to having your minor league team in Iowa where guys can get here quickly. Even that first road trip, if you know going into Toronto you've got a healthy roster, you have two off days in Montreal before you, you play. plenty so of time, you plenty to, get of time to get a guy there. I would guess they try to do exactly what you're saying and try to get by with 12. I don't know that either one of those guys would necessarily be likely to be claimed. It's not like they're, mm-hmm. they're no-brainer NHL players. Yeah. They, somebody else could have signed them right. during the offseason if they wanted to guarantee yeah. them on a one-way deal. So I think you'd probably be able to get them through. And But I think the, the spots are available if these guys prove it during camp. I, I think Billy has shown over time that nothing is just going to be handed to guys. So if if Vinny Letary comes in as a great camp, makes impact in, in preseason games, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see him make this team. Yeah, especially, again, if they're banged up. Feeling overwhelmed by a growing to-do list and a shrinking schedule? Spending more time stressing over household repairs than enjoying life? You're not alone, and Aquarius Home Services has your back. They are your trusted local, let us tackle your to-do list team, and Aquarius Home Services is always here to assist. Whether it's your furnace, electrical work, or plumbing giving you trouble, you choose the service, and they will handle the fix and take $98 off the repair cost. That's right. For any furnace, plumbing, or electrical repair, they are slashing $98 right from the price. Watch your to-do list shrink while you reclaim your time. No more worrying about flickering lights, leaky toilets, or noisy furnaces. Their dedicated professionals respect your home and your time. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention, Russo sent you. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Scott Dayton's always there with a friendly face. Uh, and tell us about Moe's Ice Tavern. Speaking of mice. Ice house, I should say. And speaking of friendly faces, Mo. Right. Always a friendly face. And so there's a couple locations, but one is the at Fogarty Arena. We've talked about that one a lot. And and that's it's going to be the spot for this year's Donkey Hockey League draft again. We just had our fantasy football draft at the old Moe's in Moundsview. And a new feature on the menu there. i got to check it out to see if it's also available at the Ice House. But had some shrimp tacos that were terrific. They were a new addition to the menu. I always go for the pastrami sandwich. But these shrimp tacos are worth checking out. And I should have confirmed with Mo that they're available at the Fogarty Arena location before I talked about it on the show. But it's a great spot. And as you know, as now we're heading into the hockey season, 
season. So the arena gets busier, the curling rink gets busier. It's a great spot for you to swing in when you're in the middle of tournaments or game action and just show up there and watch a wild game. They got a great TV setup. It's a it's a great spot with solid food and it is it does have a terrific meeting banquet type room if you're looking for a spot for that kind of thing. Check it out. Question. One of the Minnesota Mullets players. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your position? I'm a center or a For, left winger. Oh, you can sign with the Wild. First <laughs> or second year? Uh, third year actually. Third year. Yeah. Nice. Where'd you play high school? Uh, Duluth East. Nice. Very oh, cool. Roll Hounds. Oh yeah, Roll Hounds. They're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, there, I had one other question uh, for you on the. So tell me about the Squatch. Are they a formidable opponent? Uh, they were pretty good last year. I, I'm going to be honest. I go into the season try not to overthink about other teams, just play our own game and try not to be like, oh, these guys are good, and then get in your own head, get nervous. I'd rather just go into it, try to set the tone our way, play it our way. Yep, very smart. You're going to be a future coach. That sounds like very good coach speak. What's the question? Uh, I was wondering what the Minnesota Wilds uh, goaltending situation looks like because I know that we do have that uh, really good prospect in Jesper Wallstedt, I heard. Yep. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what, what's it looking like with Flurry and uh, is it Gustafson? Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. So Gustafson signed for three years. Flurry's got one year left on his deal. Flurry uh, was asked today about his future, and he said he's going to decide after the season. In typical Flurry fashion, you know, said that, you know, we'll see if he could still stop the puck. And then he made some jokes about, uh, you know, he doesn't want to think about it because every, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. So it's like, you know, if things are going good, you want to play. If things are not going good, you don't want to play. Um, but, uh, you know, what do you think about the future? I mean, I would think that Volstead's on this team next year, right? Yeah, I would guess that. And you see how this year goes. Assuming everything goes the way that they're expecting it to, that Volstead's good in Iowa and that Gustafson handles the the reins of being the number one guy uh, at the NHL level this year, I would think your expectation would be that Gus would probably be your starter. Volstead is back up next year, Mm -hmm. and that this would be Fleury's last year in Minnesota. Things can change, but I would think that's the way they're headed right now, and my guess is we'll see Gus play 55 to Fleury's 35 over the course of the season. I'm sorry, 55 and 25. You've been here before, right? Oh, no, uh, no, a uh, long-time listener, first-time okay. attendee. Yep. And are you uh, with the Mullets as well no. as coach? or No, or no actually, uh, one of the athletes played uh, high school hockey where I cover as an athletic trainer. So, okay, very cool. Yeah, it's far too clean-cut to be a mullet. That's true. It is what it is. But that should be uh, a rule. If you play for the mullets, you got to have a mullet, right? They all you do. Know. That's why we knew. I knew he yeah. didn't play for them. Yeah, yeah. give, give them a few months. Some of them don't. Some of them are a little clean well, cut. No, they, that's that one. That kid looks are, like yeah, Kalen Addison right there. None of them are clean cut. They're all like it's yeah. opening night. The mullets are still. Yeah. They're coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully by end of season they'll have even more flow. Yep. Um, my qu- another qu- good question with the goaltending is uh, in regarding to the rookie tournament. You know, uh, what kind of guys may have increased their stock and what kind, what other guys might have uh, fallen a little bit? You guys? Well, I mean, I'll just give you the answer that Bill Guerin always says is that nobody can really just fall off the map. But you want to show what, you know, in those tournaments, you want to show exactly the work that you put forth all summer long. Um, but, you know, it's pretty much training camp for all those guys. They haven't played any games or things like that. Um, you know, they still are very high on their blue liners. They pl- pretty much all their blue liners uh, that are going to be in Iowa played in the tournament. None of the forwards really uh, that played in the tournament other than Sammy Walker, who, you know, has a chance to make this team. 
um, will be in Iowa. But Hunter Haight, Riley Height, they looked awesome to me in the tournament. Haight's looked good every time we've yeah. seen him. He's looked great in the prospect deals last summer, looked great in camp last year. He's he opens his eye. It opens eyes every time you see him on the ice. Damon Hunt's the closest uh, defenseman to getting to this spot. Um, I'm obviously a little biased toward David Spatchett because I covered his dad uh, down in uh, in Florida. But um, you know, I thought Simon Johansson looked good. Um, I think Hunt looks like a guy that you, we might see at some point on that third pair this year. Yeah, at some point, especially if they run into injuries. Him right. and Dakota Mermis are clearly the two lo- likeliest to get up closest to the NHL. Yeah. Yep, and Dakota's obviously a veteran at this point and probably will be the captain, I would assume, down in Iowa. Question. Yeah. You got a mullet and great mustache. Thank you. Look like an NHLer. Um, how is Mason Shaw looking with his injury? He's been on the ice. Um, you know, right now, like, I'll just be interested if, if they sign it, if he's, if, like, originally this offseason they were going to give him an AHL deal and then his agents wanted to shop it around and see if he can get an NHL deal. That obviously didn't happen. The Wilder being incredibly kind to him to essentially allow him to use all their facilities, rehab him, all that stuff, even though technically he's under contract. So it wouldn't be shocking to me at some point if we see that a press release comes across that he's signing an AHL deal, he'll continue to rehab here, and then uh, when he's ready to come back, maybe go to Iowa, get some games, and then when the Wild, are, if they have the cap space room, which right now, theoretically, they don't, they would sign him to an NHL deal, it would be prorated, You'd have to clear waivers uh, to essentially be, you know, make that deal complete, and then uh, and then get him back up here to the NHL. Uh, but you know that that kid's got all the determination in the world. Uh, he still acts like a member of the organization. Yeah. The organization still acts like he's a part of it. I saw him. I'm going to guess five times at Twins games this summer, all with mm-hmm. wild teammates. I, I think it's. They're going to do everything they can to help him get healthy, and then he'll he'll be back on the ice as a member of the Wild organization when that happens. Yeah, and he is staying here right now. He's you know lives down here in Minneapolis, and uh, right now his 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 desire is eventually to be back in in an NHL lineup, and particularly for this team. Um, you know, one guy that I've been talking to a lot the last couple of days is Derek Stepan. He still looks like he could play. Obviously, he's fresh off the ice. He's only 33. Um, he's going to work it with the Wild in some capacity. They haven't figured out exactly what that is. It's not official yet. Uh, but he's he's walking around in a Wild polo. And uh, I told him to keep on riding the bike and maybe get on the ice every now and then because he's like still one of those guys. Like, if worse came to worse, and there was like a major problem at, at center on this team, you can't tell me you can't sign Derek Stepan right now and at least send him over the boards to take a face off. I would have bet he was older than 33. It's crazy. It's when yeah. I, I, I didn't even think about the fact that he was only that old. He's looked yeah. the same for so long. Yeah. It's, yeah, he's a, and a great guy dependable player, and somehow, some way, he'll help this organization. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, it's cool to see Madonna walking around all the time now. He's a Minnesota resident again. He also Him and looks like, like 25 kids, yeah. He does look like he could play. Um, I mean, it, you know, you could, like, could you imagine if you suited up, like, Bill Guerin, Darby Hendrickson, Dean Evison, and Mike Madonna? They could probably all play right now in some capacity. And throw Wes Walls in there because he'd just yeah. be determined to carts. stop anybody. Put carts. carts in there in case somebody needs to get punched in the nose. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be he's pretty he's good the story. Wilds' Brad Marchand. I like it. And when, well, we see Richard Park, who's still with the organization every once in a while on the road. He, he looks, looks like, like yeah. he could still play. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. 
Because I, I just uh, one of the things I we didn't use it in the I did a big player poll for the athletic today and it, it was really entertaining. But one of the questions I posed to all the guys in Vegas, but I didn't pose to the guys in Sweden. So we decided to hold it and maybe turn it into a story idea later in the season. Was what's one like exercise one one thing that you do in your training that you cannot wait to give up the day you retire? And the the laundry list of answers were hilarious. But a lot of a lot of the players that I asked in Vegas was pretty much everything. And uh, everybody around the wild have not. Done I got to believe the stationary bike is high on the list because yeah, the assault there is, bike was big time. The wind gate. Not anything that's more boring than that. Well, it wasn't more. Sta- it's the assault bike that they all. That right, was the leading. I, what, however you want to work out, everything is more exciting than riding a stationary bike. Yeah, that's my workout. So, uh, <laughs> all right, more questions. Anybody? Anybody? Here comes Paul. Pat, you got to ask ask a question. You got to ask a question just so we can relay to everybody how we almost died together sitting next to each other. So, yeah, you're kind of a calamity when you travel, aren't you? Oh, this one was unbelievable. That's why we sent See, him on Pat, a different yeah. plane to Sicily so that we could travel safely. Yes, for Pat, sure. Pat, we got 25 minutes left in the show. You're going to have to come up and we're going <laughs> to talk the story if people don't ask questions. So, you were on a scouting trip to Sweden. I haven't seen the Ek feature yet. Is that coming out? It's coming out. Yeah. He even asked for an update today. <laughs> um, we're trying to figure out exactly what to do with it because our metrics, we want people to read it. And uh, maybe that would get people to read it. But uh, I think what we're going to do is split it into two things. So put it out there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, that you would know, increase readership. But the readership. one thing that, we, that you learn is that, like, especially with the Vikings going on right now and everybody and the Twins and everybody excited is that sometimes it's better to wait closer to the regular season. And so what I think I'm going to do, because I don't want to hold off on everything, is sort of split into two things and maybe do um, sort of the, a lot of the hockey stuff that I was talking about there in the next coming days, but then the stuff about him being home and all that real fun stuff and the pictures and all that stuff <laughs> uh, uh, run that closer to the season. I'm laughing because I was thinking that Jonas Brodeem was talking to me today about how Eck gave me the first-class treatment too, and it, it really was – unbelievable uh, hospitality I got from the guy. Yeah, I like it. The season's starting because a lot of content coming out. Yeah, no, we have so much stuff. Uh, again, I'm writing Rossi tomorrow. Addison's story by Joe is coming in the next couple days as well. And then we got a, t- a lot of things in the hopper right now. Yeah, let's. Uh, what about the prospect tournament? You, you alluded to it, but um, Connor Bedard. Yeah. Those goals. Yeah. The guy is a sniper. Yeah. He just changes the angle and it's in the back of the net. Yeah. Yeah, his release. I just I didn't see the games live, but I saw the video highlights. It was amazing. It's he certainly doesn't he it's hard to label a guy now at this point in his career, but he was talked about as a can't miss guy forever. And based on those couple clips, he doesn't look like he's gonna miss. Yeah, how do you stop that other than not let him take a shot? That'd probably be the only way. I mean, his release is and his 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 ability to just pick a corner, look up, pick a corner is is second to none. Obviously, again, it's a prospect game, but that's going to translate to the NHL. He doesn't blaze up and down the ice like McDavid, but his edge work and his ability to dangle in and out of traffic and protect the puck is incredibly elite. Um, and uh, as Chicago continues to mature here in the next two, three years, and they, you know, they have Taylor Hall to put with them this year and maybe an Athens, Athens CU or something like that, 
Um, but as they continue to develop a lot of these quality kids that they've been drafting and in, in this rebuild situation that they're in and find him some real quality line mates, it's going to be scary. Yeah. And that's, that was the joke on Twitter. It's like, yeah, he didn't play against the Wild in the preseason game, so all these Wild fans were disappointed because they snatched up tickets in like a second. Yeah. But he's going to be pretty much – you'll see a lot of Connor Bedard, and you're going to hate every minute of it. Yeah, and I thought the best Wild player was uh, Sammy Walker. Yeah, I mean, Sammy – Which uh, is unfortunate if he's stuck in Iowa because of his – Age and yeah. contract, but you put Sammy Walker in a in a game like that, and he should. Yeah, he's twenty four. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you know, he sh- you know that is. But he was fast. He got yeah. in behind the St. Louis no, defense. He's, he's a he's a really really gifted uh, hockey player, and he just needs the, the spot to play in the NHL, and I think he can absolutely play at this level. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's just not a lot of room right now, and there's no room cap wise. Yeah. So yep. you know, that's just the simple. That's that's the problem. I mean, you know, Vinny Letary is the same way. It's like these guys just sometimes these super skilled guys, they 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 show it, but then they come up and they don't get put in that position. Last year when we saw Walker play with Boldy, he was outstanding. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, produced and all that. Yeah. And sometimes it's tough because if you're that guy in an organization that is at least competitive, that's the spot you're going to have. And then the organizations where – you're probably just as good as their, some of their guys in their top six. They want to see their young first-round picks, their, their own prospects, who they think have a higher ceiling. But it isn't like Walker came up and scored 10 goals in 10 games either. I mean, he, he looks like a, a guy who could help an NHL team and wouldn't be out of place on an NHL roster, but he isn't going to supplant Matt Zuccarello anytime soon. Yeah. Yep. So is, if Vinny comes up, are we going to see Luigi in the uh, color booth? Well, I talked to Luigi. Uh, yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. He will be in the booth, and we'll just have to see. I, Louis called the state high school tournaments when his grandsons were playing, and it's, he likes to quickly point out that, that he's not biased and that he's absolutely able to talk about it objectively, but he's biased. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I don't know if the timing was a coincidence, but the second I got in my car after his grandson got off the ice today, Guess who called? So, and it was just to shoot the breeze, but eventually we got to Vinny. Like, oh, so how do you look? Um, yeah, as I've, I've, you know, Louis, who, who, uh, you know, is a proud Minnesota guy, even though he's technically from the Sioux. Um, he likes to say that he's always here in the winters and things like that. He's a Florida guy, and uh, so Louis is gonna have to, you know, get re- somehow get residence back in Minnesota if, if his grandson makes the team. Question. Well, it's not necessarily a question, but after the last question about the pending Yule Eriksson-Eck article, I had to bring this up. Um, so I've been living in Sweden for the last two years. Okay. And I wanted to offer a little amusing anecdote. Yeah. Um, well, are you willing to offer some restaurant recommendations or anything? I, well, I mean, I'm sure the anecdote's going to be good, but... Well, as far as recommendations, um, I actually didn't live in the Stockholm area. I was in southern Sweden. So if you're going to like Malmo or anything around there, I'm, I'm your girl, but <laughs> nothing for Stockholm. Um, but I know it's been a while since we've discussed this, is why everyone seemingly wants to punch Jule Eriksson in the face. And I know that he's been asked about it, and he's kind of just mm-hmm. been like, well, I, I don't really know. And some yeah. people said maybe he just has a punchable face. My theory is that he's Swedish, because... <laughs> In, uh, in Sweden, they have what's called the, the law of Yanta, 
which is basically that you shouldn't expect to be treated more or less than another person. Yeah. And so there's a lot of social pressure to blend in and be a respectable citizen. And if someone breaks those social norms... <laughs> which he does, is what you're saying? Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe not him, yeah. but others. Um, is that rather than you know calling somebody out or um, yelling at them or things like that... You just punch them in the face? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm suddenly worried about my trip no, to Sweden. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's very anti-Swedish, actually. But what they will do is they'll stare at you. They won't say anything, but it's kind of, it's, it's a very obvious, like, full body turn, glaring eyesight ah. mm -hmm. to basically point out, you're doing something wrong, you need to fix this, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. That's funny that you said that, because last year I asked Eric Snack a question after a loss, and I got that look, and I, I wanted to cower right there in the locker room. Um, Ryan Clark from ESPN uh, just actually did a huge story on exactly the theory that you're talking about uh, 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 and talked to a bunch of Swedish players about that. Um, everybody has their different theories about Eric Snack. Um, I was, God, who was it? It'll be in my Eric Snack story, and of course now I'm having a brain cramp on who it was, but... So um, Oscar Kleffbaum, who used to play for the Edmonton Oilers, just had his bachelor party up in, uh, in like, like as high north in Norway as you could possibly get. And, um, and um, so Eric Sinek went out there with Brodine and somebody else that I talked to at the NHL media tour. And it was the first time that this person ever got to hang out with Eric Sinek, and he hated him going into this. Because he's like, this guy is just such a pain in the ass to play with and such a prick and all this stuff. He's like, it was really awful just having to get to like him during this whole weekend. And I cannot remember who it was. That just shows you that I got to write the article. I do have the quote written in my file. Um, and who, hopefully I labeled who it was from. We're going to have to go back and figure it out. Um, but, you know, it's funny because Flurry today said that he thinks that people get it pissed with, with him because they turn around, they, they, you know, try to push him, but he's so sturdy he doesn't move. And then he gives them that look and all that. So that's one theory. One is just the kind of the I actually think face. her theory might be right because yeah. he does just stare at him blankly. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's that that look. Yeah. You know, lately he does like you know before he, he doesn't stare at you he blankly. doesn't even jab back very yes. often. He just Most like, of the time he yeah. just takes it. Yeah. But the one thing that this player said is that he does talk during games. We just don't see it. Like, and that's one reason also why these, when there's a scrum, he's talking during action, and then when there's a scrum, that's like your opportunity to go try to get a lick on him. But whatever he does, is, it, it, it's, it's something with him. Like, I asked his parents about this um, in his backyard in Sweden, and they have no idea either, and he claims to have no idea. But there's got to be like, a reason that every... She sounds like Mrs. Seinfeld yeah. now. How well, would anybody not exactly. like you? yeah. Um, my mom was saying that about the other day when she was like going through my comments and how many people were like going after. Her. I'm like, mom, not everybody loves me, and uh, I know that's hard for you to believe. Um, but um, and as you know, sometimes she doesn't love me. Um, so the uh, I have no comment but, but, but on that. Just the lastly, it's got to be something effective with his game because it's every single game, every single player, whether it's a goalie, a defenseman, a forward, when they see him at a whistle, they want to kill him. And so clearly, it's something, you know, there. So, you, you know, I mean, look, that's where the Erickson Eck t-shirt came from. You know, guys like Parisian Stalock and they, the, 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 the face, the blank stare face on the exercise bike, 
That's where it all came from because they because they're that's worried just, if they're wearing the shirt they'll get punched in the stomach. Yeah, exactly. So, any others? That was a great, great. Yeah. yeah thanks. Thanks for killing five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Pat's gonna have to come up here and we have to talk about our time. We should just rehash that. A guaranteed cash offer from Chris Lindell Real Estate is exactly what you need right now. Everyone can see the real estate market is cooling off quickly. Well, don't be one of the houses that doesn't sell. Be a smart seller and get a guaranteed cash offer today. There are no commissions, no repairs, and no open houses. Chris Lindell Real Estate's guaranteed offer puts you in control so you can sell your home fast. The economy and housing market are becoming more uncertain, and homeowners just like you want to make sure you cash in on your equity. And that's why thousands of clients work with Chris Lindell Real Estate. They have over 4,000 five-star reviews because their guaranteed offer works. You sell your home quickly, stress-free, and move when it's convenient for you. Just go to chrislindahl.com for a free, no-obligation, guaranteed cash offer. It's available 24 hours a day. They'll make you an as-is cash offer on your home fast. Whether it's a total fixer-upper or in perfect condition, Chris Lindell Real Estate's guaranteed cash offer is the easiest way to sell your home. To find out what your guaranteed cash offer would be, go to chrislindahl.com right now and start packing. Terms and conditions apply. Get $250 when you switch to a Royal Credit Union checking account. When I go to Royal, I feel very connected there. See details and open your account by November 15 at rcu.org slash checking bonus. Insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Mike Grimm, host of the Go Gopher podcast, inviting you to join me for a live on-site episode on Thursday, October 5th at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. We'll be previewing the Minnesota-Michigan game, which is that week, the battle for the Little Brown Jug. We'll give away a pair of tickets to that game, have a couple of Gopher players on hand, and get everyone in the mood for Golden Gopher football. Head Flyer Brewing will have discounts, including great deals on buying Little Brown Jugs of craft beer, and the little brown jugs are not that little. Thursday, October 5th, Head Flyer Brewing. Happy hour starts at 6, the show goes at 7, the Go Gopher podcast. Can't wait to see you at Head Flyer Brewing. Oh, so Erickson Eck did get a vote in the uh, player poll for Chirper? Yeah, and actually it was from that player. Oh. So, so uh, you know, it, so I guess when I put the quote, it's not going to be so anonymous anymore. But you'll, yeah, I've never. But when they show it on yeah. TV, I, you never see him talking. No, it's, it's just, just the look. Yeah, it's just uncanny. Um, but I'm not kidding you. Like you know, Miko had that way also of making you want to just like as a reporter, just like you know, crawl under the carpet. Um, only he did it in a kind of a really mean. He gave you an evil stare, Eric. Not only an even it's a blank it, stare. Yeah, in e- not only an evil stare, but he could. He, yeah. Um, anyway, but um, but there was no Eck, gray area with where you stood. There was one point I'll never forget it. It was in the middle of the locker room last year, and I asked him a question, and he looked at me, <laughs> and I swear, you know, it was it was like one of those moments. I was like, he was oh. just telling you to fix it. Yeah, exactly. He was telling me to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, provided these guys have are healthy all year, what are the expectations for Johansson and Baldy? Erickson X is going to do Erickson X, but what are the expectations for Baldy and Johansson? for this season? I think that's one of the big questions for this team is can Johansson do what he did in his short stint with the team last year for a full season? And a big part of that is that he has to stay healthy. He was last year in the 20 games he played with the Wild at the end of the season, he was refreshed, he was recharged, he was on a prove it, in a prove it situation and he was great. 18 points in 20 games, Boldy had 23 I believe over that stretch. 
if you stretch that out over 82, you got something magic. But it's been a while since he's been able to do that for 82 games. I think that's one of the big questions for this team into this season. If he's able to to play at that level, and I, I don't think it's realistic to think he's going to score 72 points. But if he scores 50, that probably means Boldy's in the mid-70s, and now you got something. Hey, everybody say cheese real quick. So my editor just uh, wrote me that I forgot to do something, so I'm telling him why I can't right this moment. So thank you. Thank you for well, the I just got a Be Real notification, so I could, can I use the same oh, picture? Oh, no, please. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you really? No, I don't want to be in your Be Real. I don't want to be in your Be Real. You're in it already. Yeah. It's real. You only get two minutes. I don't have time for you to leave. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Um, I want to hear more about what you think. How he almost died in a plane crash? <laughs> no. Um, Hunter Haight, or maybe like Caden Bankier. And if you think these guys could maybe like take that number one center role that the Wild have been looking for, you know, um, since Koivu. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, we have to see them develop. I mean, they're going to be back in juniors this year. Uh, one of our uh, awesome, awesome prospect writers at The Athletic wrote me yesterday and is actually going to go and do a story on. Hunter Hate and um, who's the other second-round pick, uh, the Finnish kid? Yep, they're playing against each other, coming up here first month of the season in, in uh, the OHL. Kumpelin- how do you spell it? How do you pronounce it, Dylan? Kumpelainen, yeah, there you go. Uh, who actually I thought looked really good the other day as well. And, um, and so he's going to do something like there. Bankier obviously had a great, great uh, uh, you know, opportunity and performance for Team Canada last year. So that's the whole. But, you know, we talk about all the defensemen. We talk about the three European guys in Ogren, who right now has a major injury that they're concerned about. Who's Nadinov, who right now is not getting a lot of ice time for his team. And then Yurov, who is lighting it up. Um, but they have other guys as well. You know, the, the Hunter Hates, the Riley Heights, the Kumpelinens, and obviously, Hunt, uh, and obviously a, a bunch of guys also still playing college hockey. Um, so they feel like they have a lot of guys coming. You're just we'll talking see. about guys that are yeah. years away. Yeah, exactly. Like in terms of number one center, I mean, you know, we got to still see it, see it for a while, and and uh, we'll see. What's up, Pat? <laughs> you want to tell the story? You can tell the story. You're uh, you're a better storyteller. Than I don't know. It makes me nervous that we're going to Montreal. That was back. It was so long ago. It was Northwest Airlines, right? No, it was Delta. Are you sure? I think yeah, it was a no. Northwest Regional. Jet. Nope, it was Delta. It was a regional, but it was Delta. Okay, yep. Detroit. Right? No, nope, Montreal. No, but but it was Detroit to Montreal. Weren't we connecting? Maybe. Yep. Yeah. We got to look this up. I'm pretty sure it was Northwest. So I, far, it's a great story. Yeah, I know. yeah so far, it's really <laughs> entertaining. Uh, but it's so, we were sitting in like seat one and two or two yeah. and, you yeah. know, like basically like 1A, 1B. Obviously, I had, we, it was our first time ever meeting. Um, like, we're both on this flight, we're chatting. And we're now flying into Montreal in like the worst storm ever. Yeah. yeah. We circled around three or four times. It was times. unbelievable wind shear. Um, we not just circled around. I mean, we had, we yeah. had like three aborted landings. Yes. that's and then, yeah. and then the final one where the guy basically said like, we are going in this time or we do not have enough or fuel. Or we're going to Buffalo. Yeah. Or we're going to Buffalo because yeah. we don't have enough fuel to try it a fifth time or yeah. something. And it honestly, it was the most, most turbulent uh, landing. And we... When we got within 500 feet of the ground, it felt like the pilot had no control of that aircraft. It, yeah, it felt like we were sideways or yeah. tilted. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty scary. But, man, did we bond. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> like, like, it was one of those, like, holy crap, I don't know this person, but, yeah. I, you know, it was like, hold on for dear life. Our knees touching in the seats. It was, it was brutal. 
Uh, so yeah, it was it was a scary, scary moment. So, uh, so how many games do we think Rossi gets as a leash this year? Right. So last year he got 19 games before they pulled the plug. Well, hopefully it doesn't get to the point where they pull the plug. Yeah, I mean, you know, but what, what is the, you know... Well, I don't know. I mean, like, that's hard to yeah. anticipate. Hard to, because there's so many different ways that... How many pointless games are we talking about? Like, how many right. games could you go without a point? And it depend, there's how's the rest of the game look and everything, and you're playing... If you're playing with Felino and Goudreau, you, it's probably unfair to expect major scoring, but I do think he has to score. Yeah. They aren't going to keep him here and just keep saying, well, his game looks good even though he's not on the score sheet. He and has man, to, does that guy need some points? Score. Just for his own mentality. Right. It felt yeah. like last year his defensive game was good enough. He just wasn't producing, yeah. and so they felt, let's send him down and see if he can yeah. get right. to that point. You know, the things that you can get away with in junior hockey where he led the CHL in scoring and the things he can even get away with in the AHL, you just can't do in the NHL. Little soft saucers through the middle of the ice. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So he's got to, I mean, crisp, hard passes, get to the hard areas, and all that type of stuff. So, But but is it a let him figure it out at the NHL level year, or is it a... I sure hope so. Go I mean, back to the yeah, NHL I mean, again, it it's hard to just envision, like, you know, it's hard to answer that question. Okay. Because the hope is, is that right off the hop, he just shows, I think we're going to know right away. Producing, producing or not, I think we're going to know right away if it looks like a different player. I think it's um, how often he gets knocked off of pucks. That yeah. was the one thing that, to me, stood out last year was he battled in his own zone. He was in the right place. He was responsible. His game was fine. I just thought that he was he, – it looked like it didn't take much to knock him down. And if that changes, I think – He's probably will be here for the season. Mikhail Granlund's rookie year and during the lockout year, lockout shortened season in 12-13, you know, that, he looked like he was, you know, knocked over by a gust of wind. And what happened the next year, it, he changed. And so that's the big thing. He did the work this yep. offseason. Yep. He's put on the 15 pounds. His, he was, uh, you'll see it in this Rossi story tomorrow, but I talked to the strength coach um, and he was, it was him, yeah. Sammy Walker, and, uh, and, Marco, and uh, Jewel Arsenak as the three fittest guys in camp in every metric that they have. So you'll see all that stuff, not to give that away. Um, so he did the work. His okay. skating stride, he's much more upright on the puck, things like that. So he did it. Now let's see when the lights come on what he looks like. For those that want to be helpful, he's on the same track as Granlund, right? So Granlund's big breakout was like the same number of years yeah well yeah it was three kind or four of years. Yeah, it was yeah, three or four years three or four years yeah. in where he actually yeah. lead them in scoring or, or yeah. yeah i think so yeah so um, if, if people want to be positive yeah i mean erickson eck is somebody again that i didn't think that you know i was wrong on I, like yeah. i thought you know even when like i never thought he'd be a 20 goal scorer watching him his first couple of years where he was getting all those scoring chances and just couldn't finish and and uh you know i th i think there's so many examples in the NHL of it takes a little while. And this guy has played 21 NHL games. He's turning 22 this week. This is not a uh, he's a bust uh, talk yet. It just isn't. Um, you know, I was just talking to um, Adam Fox in Vegas about Lafreniere. And, and we were talking about, like, there's another example. People are already trying to write this guy off as a bust. Well, you go to a team like the Rangers behind Kreider and Pernera, and you're not getting a lot of opportunity as a left wing to really play power play, play with quality, quality, like NHL veteran experienced players. Obviously, he plays with guys like Kako and, and, and players but like that. But not proven NHL yeah. scorers. Heedle. Exactly. Uh, a couple more minutes in the show, or are we going to wrap it up? Uh, last question. Going once, going twice. Nobody? Nobody? 
All right. Uh, October 11th is our next live show. That is the night before the home opener against uh, America's team, the Florida Panthers, um, where Sasha Barkov and Matthew Kachuk and uh, Aaron Ekblad and all those great Florida Panther uh, wonderful players come to town. You excited for that, Anthony? I'm pretty excited. I just got a text from Ariana who wanted, and she saw our B-reel, so she knows you're with me. She said, hey, make sure Russo knows I'm at the bar because you can see it on my B-reel. Okay. I don't know what why bar? she cares. Well, I'm sure it's Sal's or the La Playa, but she apparently wanted you to know she's in a yeah. bar on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock, so that's... <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Great information. Just random be. thoughts thrown out there, kind of like the guy in the trampled by turtle shirt. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks to all our incredible sponsors uh, coming here from the Aquarius Home Services studio uh, on location at Elsie's again. October 11th is at Elsie's, right, uh, Brandon? That'll be uh, Brandon. That'll be four shows from now, so that'll be like 414 for you of this show. 4,118 overall. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to our sponsors, Aquarius Home Services, your installers of Connecticut Water Treatment Systems, Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, who was, by the way, at my house last week doing just that. Uh, Chris Lindahl Real Estate, Bosch Law Firm, Twill in the Edina Galleria, and Royal Credit Union. Thanks, everybody, for coming on out. Appreciate it. So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never gonna win. All oh, but the world won't forgive a winner. The home opener against the Florida Panthers. We call that the Russo Cup.